And let's cut the music. Let's go ahead and cut the music, y'all. All right, sometimes you just got to let it run. You just got to let the beat run when it kind of takes you away like that, man. But uh, welcome back, y'all. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Hashtag CB99 Talks, your favorite WMMA podcast. This is episode 132. Of course, I'm Combo Breaker 99. Feels like it's been a minute. It's been a minute, y'all, since I dropped one of these shows, man. I think it's been like about two or three weeks. Two or three weeks, you know, um, just been busy, you know, busy taking care of things at home, around the way, life and things like that. Yeah, man. So um, I'm back. I'm back, man. Um, it's good to be back. Of course, you know, I've been on the channel constantly, consi- you know, consistently. You know, I've been chatting it up because i gotta get on and talk man when it comes down to fights you know combat sports is the thing i love if it's boxing or if it's wmma you know i'm 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 there i'm on it i'm on it but yeah man um in this episode here you know it's kind of kind of going to be a little bit of a catch-up thing you know there's a lot of fights i want to kind of go back and talk about over the past two three weeks um some fights i want to recommend You know, what I've been up to, of course, you know, watching some of these underground fights and these other regional fights. And, um, yeah, I want to start with that. You know, I just kind of want to start with that because the the title of this show is going to be the finishing factor. I mean, this past month or so, I want to say all the way back to July 15th now, because, yeah, if we want to start all the way back to home MBS, man. From July 15th to August 15th, which is the time I'm recording this episode, we got a lot of finishes, man. You know, WMMA fighters have been stepping it up. The women have been stepping it up when it comes down to finishes. I mean, we had some slow fights. We had some car, you know, we had some fights to go to the cards. But for the most part, we've been getting a lot of finishes. I'm talking about across the board. So, you know, that's why I want to talk about, like, how the... um how the urgency and the killer instinct has been um it it really it's really been rising up in these girls and how they're really taking their approach now you know how how important that is you know not just for their career uh but you know uh, well not just how important it is for us as fans you know to keep us tuned in but how important it is for the fighters you know um so many levels to it once they take this type of approach you know we can really start to say hey this fighter right here they are they're not just going through the motions. They're taking this thing seriously, right? So I'm going to kind of go back a couple of weeks and just talk about several fights I want y'all to go go check out and kind of run through them, you know, just run through them real quick because some of y'all already seen them. And, of course, the fights this past weekend, you know, just to kind of tune some of y'all in on which fighters I'm looking at and who, who, to, who to really look out for. Um, what else? Oh, yeah, I might. You know, just talk about Amanda Nunez here a little bit because, you know, she's still in the news. And, you know, of course, the fight coming up is September Rose and Manone. Now, I know it's fight weekend and this is a big one. So this episode will probably gonna have a part two this week. You know, so I'll be back on live talking about that. So I'm not really going to be discussing Waylee Lamos in this episode. I know y'all going y'all, y'all going y'all going to get me for this. But, hey, I've been talking about it already. Well, you know what? Let me go ahead and start off with some little Wei Lee Lamos talk. I, I did watch the UFC 292 Embedded, you know, the little first episode with uh, Wei Lee and Lamos, uh, Wei Lee and Amanda. And 
the more and more I look at these two fighters, I got to give them a lot of respect, man. Like it, it's really hard to pick in this fight. Like as far as like a fan pick now as a, as a analyst, yeah, I'll, I'll make a pick. I'm going to make a pick. But as far as like just saying, I want one to get it over the other because I feel like this person's a better representative for the strawweight division. I don't think I can really just say that because they both fight for their reasons. They, they both fight for their specific reasons. They both come off as, you know, sweet, uh, sweet fighters outside of the cage. You know, they both are, you know, really, uh, to me, uh, well-mannered, mild-mannered for the most part. It, it's only when they get in the cage that these two are real, real killers. But when, when, when they're outside of the cage, I like their approach. You know, Amanda Nunez, uh, not Amanda Lamos, uh, I like her. You know, I like her drive, man. You know, she's she's gone through a lot in life. And just listening to her story, you know, of how I believe she was saying she was uh, she couldn't afford being, you know, being a fighter at the time. And she had to take a job as a cab driver. And she was just, you know, like giving giving people rides through these rough parts in the neighborhood. And they'd be like shootouts and things like that. And the people would leave and she wasn't getting paid for this right she was getting paid for this so you know she got that call somebody said hey do you want to fight it was like a 15 day notice fight in the ufc and she was like yeah and it turned out to be the leslie smith fight you know at 135 and she took the fight showed a lot of heart in that fight against a bigger you know bigger warrior a bigger a bigger fighter you know strong warrior leslie smith and you know she came up short but from there you know she's kind of had a rocky road i know that um she was a fighter that had popped at a point in her life and she was gone for two years but just seeing the things that she's going through and a lot of the pressures i could probably understand why that happened because you got to realize like these fighters they go through a lot behind the scenes and sometimes you make the wrong choices right sometimes you make the wrong choice I'm not saying that people get a pass because yeah she got punished for it you know she was suspended for two years right she was out for two years okay but Sometimes when you think about it, some of the situations these fighters are in, they don't deserve to be condemned for it. You know, I think everybody does deserve a second chance, you know, and I believe that somebody like Lamos with the situation she was in, you know, she she deserves to come back from that. You know, she deserves that second chance. And since then, I think she's learned her lesson and, you know, she's doing all the hard work just like anybody. Um, Whaley, you know, Whaley's doing what she's doing to be a better fighter you know she she always keeps that like core family oriented type of approach of training you know just kind of getting away but keeping like her core people with her doing little things that keep her you know sharp and j just doing things that are familiar from home you know the way they cook the way they uh all cook together and 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 just kind of um take those nature trails and things like that, seeing the animals and just, she's re really the type of person that just connects, uh, tries to connect to other people, you know? And I think that's why a lot of people are fans of her, you know? And um, that's why I'm a fan of, you know, both fighters. I'm a fan of both fighters. And to me, it's like, I, I can't really just say one person deserves it more than the other. Um, again, it's going to come down to me just picking off of skill sets and techniques in this fight. That's what it's going to come down to. I'm not going to just say I want Lamos to win because she's 
better than Whaley or she's a better representative than Whaley or vice versa. Neither one of them has, I think, when it comes down to personalities, they both they both are legit. You know, they both are legit. They're not talking trash about each other. They're not disrespecting each other. They're not trying to start any drama. Um, the drama and in the and the action is gonna come when that cage closes. All right. Okay. So there's your way Lee Lamos talk for this episode. Uh, I'm going to cover some more later this week. But yeah, y'all check that out. I posted it up. Yeah, it's a good little 15 minute, you know, embedded just like all of them. But, you know, I I enjoy it. You know, I enjoy watching, you know, I, I enjoy watching these ladies and what they what they bring to the table. But yeah, man, over the past couple of weeks, you know, just been checking out fights like always, you know, doing the same old thing as far as, you know, scoping out the talent, scoping out who's on to come up, who, who to look out for. Uh, but, yeah, we've been getting a lot of finishes. Um, a couple weeks ago, though, we had LFA. I uh, can't remember uh, the number. Was it 164? Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. L L LFA 164. Yeah. The last one with uh, Sabina Mazo. Okay, Sabina Mazo was uh, the main event. And this is something I had said about not Amanda Lemos, but Sabina Mazo. Hang on, I'm just pulling something up here. Okay, yeah, yeah. L yeah, LFA 64, I was right. August 4th. So a couple weeks ago, we had Mazo versus Lovato. And as y'all know, since Sabina Mazo got cut from the UFC like almost a year ago, you know, she was trying to make her way back into, make, make her way back onto the scene. And LFA, like I always say, is a good place for these fighters to go or Invicta. And, um, Sabina Mazo wanted to get back on track, get that confidence back up, and become a two-time flyweight champion. And she was that, right? She is that. It's not a UFC, but she was able to capture the LFA flyweight champion once again with a win over Sandra Lovato, you know, snapping the three-fight losing streak. That last fight she had against Miranda, you know, it was a, it was a hard loss. Um, yeah, it was like last spring, I believe, right? And she hasn't fought since then. But um, she's been working, trying to get back sharp. This is her first fight back. First fight back was a title fight. And she got a victory. You know, she got a victory. Um, I wouldn't say it's like one of the most explosive performances from her. You know, we've seen we've seen her go in there and score some head kick knockouts. You know, that where she just goes in there and sets them up beautifully. But I think this time around, she was trying to work on her her activity. You know, sometimes Mazo, she'll sit back and let somebody build up a lead on her, like whoever it is, they'll, she'll let her opponent build up a lead, whoever, you know, whoever she's fighting. But this time around, I know she was noticed she was trying to stay busy. You know, she was trying to throw more jabs, throw more combinations and put together, you know, more of like a pressure style followed by volume. You know, she wasn't really looking for the one head kick knockout in this. She threw a lot of body kicks and, you know, uh, some shoulder kicks and a couple of head kicks, I believe. But for the most part, she was just trying to fight, I think, a good five-round fight, get some rounds in since she's been out for a year and kind of um get you know, get that get that blood going again, you know, get that get that action going, but try to make uh, make herself fight an uncomfortable fight this time around. You know, Sandra Lovato didn't really bring it like I thought she would. I thought she would have went for more of like a dirty box in the style or trying to get the fight to the ground where she kind of stayed against the cage 
and didn't really want to engage, even though she was landing a left hook on Sabina Mazo. She wasn't really uh, trying to follow up and do much damage in this fight. So Sabina Mazo kind of fought a good, comfortable fight. Um, not a lot of action in this one, but yeah, shout out to Mazo. It's been over a year since she's been out and she was able to capture the belt. Uh, from here, I don't think capturing the belt means that she goes right back into the UFC. Not at all, because this, this was her first fight to snap a three-fight losing streak. Okay. Uh, I think it'd be wise for her to defend the belt keep that belt for a little while or maybe, you know, go around Invict FC, go to these other organizations, maybe, hey, even, maybe even sign the PFL, man, because PFL, their, their little flyweight division they're building up right now, it's starting to pop, man. It's starting to pop. They're signing girls over there. They're they, they bringing in some of the girls from, like, Bellator and, and, and some of the girls from the UFC over there, you know, so uh, maybe signing the PFL, maybe getting the belt over there, and then then coming back to the UFC in like another two, three years, she can kind of, um, yeah, she could probably do that. You know, just 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 start off here, start off light, build up, build herself back up, build her skills up, and then go to the UFC like another two or three years. So yeah, shout out to Mazo, she was able to capture belt um, again, and hopefully she can come back stronger. All right, and um, there was this fight. This, this UFC fight of a few weeks back, I don't know if I really discussed it with y'all, but I feel like I didn't. Well, uh, I think we talked about it a little bit. I think I might have just did live live on it. But there was just a couple things I wanted to talk about with this one here because I've had my thoughts on, you know, the signing of uh, Sean Bannon so soon. But uh, once again, welcome to the UFC, Sean Bannon. Got to say it that way because... It's one of those premature signings that I was a little shaky about. I know this was Bruna Brazil. You know, she got a hard loss. Also, her debut was a rough one. You know, I welcomed her as well <laughs> when she fought Denise Gomes. Knocked out in the first round. I had high hopes for Bruna Brazil, but this is a good look for Bruna Brazil. You know, she came in, fought a good, uh, fought a good fight, but I think there was still something lacking from both of these fighters and i think i remember what it was i said where the heck was the jab at in this fight man i mean these girls were throwing strikes all night all kinds of strikes you know head kicks body kicks hard right hands left hooks every now and then i would see a jab pop off and it would be effective and i was like why are we not building off of that you know and that's what i'm saying that's why some of these girls out here like they're not going to you know they're not going to be able to um make it to that top five or top 10 status, man, because that jab is an important punch. Like sometimes just the straight attacks where you're just leading, it makes, it leaves you too predictable, you know? And I think that's what Shauna Bannon, she, what she lacked in this fight. She lacked that jab. I mean, if she would have set up a long jab on Bruno Brazil, who was fighting while like Taekwondo or like a karate fighter, you know, she could have knocked her off balance a lot of times in this fight. And same thing for Bruno Brazil, you know, her being so long, you know, she needed more of a kickboxing approach. You know, they were really bouncing around on their feet, trying to throw these high kicks for the most part. And yeah, it was action packed because they were landing and Bruno Brazil was landing right hands like this. But I kept saying to myself, man, if they could just like pump like a jab out, that head kick will come and it'll score a good knockout. You know, karate, of course, and I believe Taekwondo, they, they do translate well in the MMA. But I, I feel like once you mix in like that boxing element, like Rose Namajunas does, 
you know, I think you get a better outcome and you get a better setup. Like you don't take as many shots. You can uh, land cleaner head kicks once you are, you know, kind of slick with your footwork and you fight behind a straight jab, you know. Every now and then with, when Bannon would let that jab go, it would um, it would hit Bruno Brazil square in the face. You know, it would hit her square in the face. But uh, for the most part, you know, I thought Bruno Brazil, she won every single round. I thought uh, Bannon, you know, she was still fighting on the Invictus FC level. And that's where I wanted to see her fight. I wanted to see Bannon, you know, try to capture the belt at fly, excuse me, at straw weight and um, either try to fight for Team McLean or Danny McCormick. But, you know, like I always say, once the UFC calls, they, you know, they answer. Sometimes they maybe they need to just leave that phone on, you know, just leave it on vibrate, turn it off. But, you know, once they answer and say, hey, I want that, I want that contract, I don't necessarily mean they're ready, man, just because the UFC calls, though. But we'll see, man. Um, she's here now. Um, who can she fight? I, I see Shauna Bannon not faring well against a fighter like Loma. Maybe somebody like Maria Oliveira if she's still in the UFC. Um, dang, I, I really don't see too many names that she could really build off of. Maybe Pierre Rodriguez. Shauna Bannon maybe could take Pierre Rodriguez. But even then, I see Pierre Rodriguez making several adjustments in that type of fight. But, yeah, maybe she can take on her. Um, that's the best I could do for her as far as thinking of a fighter. Or maybe if she could fight Hannah Goldie, the winner of Hannah Goldie, uh, Azuki in, in a way. I don't know. I really don't. I really don't know. Bruno Brazil, I think she needs to just work on her defense, work on more of like a kickboxing style, you know, be a little bit more fluid and let those hands go. Because uh, I think she still has the, that power, you know. She landed some good head kicks in this fight too, man. But I just don't think, you know, they put enough shots, to, power shots together to really get that, um, to, to, to really get that respect from Bannon or, like I said, even mask some shots to score a knockout. All right. But, yeah, man, um, like I said, going into these, these, these other fights, just kind of going through here, man, from PFL, the other – the same Friday of the LFA fight, man, we've been getting a lot of finishes, man. And these girls, they are not playing, man. I'm, I'm telling you, man, the jujitsu on some of these girls, it, it's evolving. Because I'm seeing girls out there I used to just see going there, you know, just be strikers and pressure fighters. Man, like, they are transitioning beautifully on the ground now. And I'm telling you, man, I'm looking at these girls in the flyweight division for PFL. Of course, they're still growing. Like uh, Chelsea Hackett just made her PFL debut a couple Fridays ago. And I've been watching Cobra Kai Bennett. You know, she had got her first victory like a few months ago at, at, um, uh, one at 125 in PFL. Uh, I see her as like this hard pressure fighter, action pack. You know, she's been training with like Miranda Maverick and several other fighters like Rocky Pennington, I believe. Uh, but Chelsea Hackett, man, she came in here with, you know, some nice counter shots on Cobra Kai. Um, scored a beautiful second round rear naked choke on Cobra Kai. You know, just really wore her down in this fight. Cobra Kai, Cobra Kai Bennett was putting on a lot of pressure, you know, trying to be that aggressor. But Hackett, her ground game in this fight, it was much more smooth. You know, she was just smoother with it. And like I said, in that second round of this fight, the good counter shot she landed is uh, Kai Bennett was stepping in she hit her with a good right hand and just rattled her and took her to the cage took her to the ground and just the way she was able to maul and 
put a lot of pressure, counter pressure on Kai Bennett and finally get that back. Like you can see here, man, she just locked that rear naked choke in just like that, man. Good fight, though. Um, who, uh, who, um, there was another girl. Hold on. Cobra Kai Bennett. Uh, I just want to look something up here real quick. Kai Bennett. There's another girl that she had fought that. I thought she was. Uh, let me see. Hang on one second. It was one of her. I think it was one of her Bellator fights. Cause yeah, yeah, she had fought for in Bellator and got a submission win. Um, that was like maybe four or five years ago, I believe. But um, no, it was Invicta. Yeah, yeah, she had got a finish in Invicta. Yeah, she had got this finish in Invicta. Um, just back in May. Yeah, yeah, she fought. She fought in May. You know, she put on a pretty good pressure style. But that's the one thing I was just saying about Kai Bennett is that she tends to you know, leave herself open a lot, you know, leave herself open for a lot of shots. You know, she likes to come forward and wants to put that brawl and pressure style on you. But Chelsea Hackett, you know, she really wasn't having it. <laughs> you know, she was just stepping back uh, with the counter shots. Yeah, so this was uh, actually Kai Bennett's first fight in PFL, too. That's what I was going to say, because NF uh, Invicta FC, uh, she made her debut with them just back in May, and then she fought for PFL for the first time uh, August 4th. And this was Chelsea Hackett's first first fight as well. Chelsea Hackett, she's like four and one now. But yeah, um, Chelsea Hackett, yeah. Chelsea Hackett fought for the contender series and she actually lost to Victoria Leonardo, if y'all remember that fight. Yeah, Victoria Leonardo actually got her UFC contract off of that, off of that fight. Yeah, that's where I remember her from. I, yeah, she she really got outgunned in that fight. But since then, man, she's made some improvements. And that was like three years ago. So since that Victoria Leonardo lost. He hasn't fought. She's really been working, man. I guess she's really been trying her best to, you know, polish things up. Because yeah, her ground game, it it really has improved since um since I've seen her in her early career, like three or four years ago, man. So yeah, shout out to Chelsea Hackett. Uh, you know, she's only twenty three years old. So you know, when I saw her, she was like nineteen or twenty. You know, she still looked pretty raw out there. But yeah, she's been like getting better, man. And the way she was transitioning on the ground here, man, I, I was impressed with it. But, yeah, at 23, 23 years old, she still has a lot, you know, she still has a lot of time to improve, man. Uh, also on this card, you had Taylor Malden versus Desiree Yanez. Uh, I was kind of leaning toward Yanez in this fight. She's a sharp puncher, more of a boxer. And um, that, let me see. That last fight she had, she scored a knockout over, I think it was Natalia Spies and uh, PF, not PFL, but what is that other organization? Let me let me keep doing these resume checks because these girls, they be jumping around, man. Hold on. Because I'm just trying to get some of y'all familiarized. Desiree Yanez, y'all know she's fought for Bellator, but she's been signed to PFL uh, since uh, the beginning of this year. She got a victory over let me see mara mazar okay last year yeah she had fought natalia spies for uh peak fighting yeah and you know she's a pretty sharp hitter you know she's a pretty sharp striker but her ground game is something i've always been kind of questioning taylor malden you know she was actually looking pretty like solid on this one man as far as like her jujitsu i mean the way she Yanez actually was had her in a couple of top positions and the way Taylor Malden was able to reverse and just get her on her get uh 
the way she was able to get uh, Yanez on her back, I was impressed, man. The way she got her on her back a couple of times, just snaked around and got the rear naked choke in the first round. So, yeah, man, um, these girls right now, man, even on this lower level, the way they're, they've been improving in their, like, jujitsu and their, their positioning, it's just showing you that, that they're, they're becoming so much more well-rounded that uh, the finishes – you're going to, you know, they're going to come, you know, they're, they're going to come the, the, the more and more these girls just stay patient. Cause a lot of these girls weren't really going after like Chelsea, Chelsea Hackett. She let Co she let Cobra Kai Bennett come to her and she caught her with a counter shot, could have scored a knockout, but then took her to the ground and just, you know, utilized her ground game. man. so I was, I was impressed with that. Um, but yeah, even going to the UFC, you know, uh, a couple weeks ago, you know, Miranda Maverick, uh, bouncing back in the wind circle over, um, over uh, Pr Priscilla Cachoeira, it was just good to see a lot of these girls, you know, get get back into that kill kill mode, you know, especially Miranda Maverick. Uh, shout out to my man BJ. You know, he's been saying that he's been wanting to see this. And this is why I've been telling him, you know, like girls like Miranda Maverick, they have it, they have it in them. You know, it's just about getting getting right, you know, getting the mind right, getting around the right people and making sure you fight for the with the right focus, you know. Um and I think sometimes, yeah, the matchup matters. You know, once you're put in there with the right person, like Miranda Maverick, she was put in here with a killer like Cachoeira. Uh, she, was, she was able to wake up and say, all right, it's killer be killed in this situation. You know, you're looking at Cachoeira at the weigh-in. You're like, at the stare down, she's like, oh, man, like Cachoeira is, I'm looking to, I'm like, dang, Cachoeira is huge. You know, she's this much bigger than Miranda Maverick. And she's packing this power. Everybody thinks she's going to knock her out or whatever. But then I'm like, you know what? Miranda ain't got nothing to worry about. You know, she's got the skills to to totally neutralize. I mean, if Jillian Roberts can take Catchwear down and submit her, I know, you know, Miranda Maverick, who's physically stronger, has better striking. She's going to get this girl down. And the way Miranda Maverick set up this finish, I mean, striking's improved, you know, sitting on her shots a little bit more. Of course, you know, she can always do a little bit more and do better in each fight. But the way she was able to slip a lot of the power punches, um, get the fight to the ground round after round, and just maul Cachoeira, uh, you know, she executed perfect game plan, just a calm game plan again. Knowing that she's well-rounded, you know, she was able to use striking, get the fight to the ground, and maul and just beat up Cachoeira round after round until she, you know, got that, uh, that, got that arm bar win. So, yeah, I, I think again finishes will come the more and more these girls just kind of play it calm but come in with more tools because the more tools you use and the more tools you you're you're equipped with you can switch on the fly you know you can switch on the fly and when you see a certain opening then you say okay well i got the tool for this right oh this person's coming that coming in with the right hand down i can set a trap with a beautiful left hook boom get them down and then i can my jujitsu is on point. I can submit them, right? So, yeah, just little things like that going all the way back to, like, even Miranda Maverick, you know. Then, of course, like I said a month ago, uh, Myra Buena Silva utilizing the ninja choke on Holly Holm. You know, these girls are getting serious with it now, and you got to be. You really got to be because if you don't, it just it just tends to kind of um, – the, the shows become a little bit more boring to fight – to, to fight fans of course not to me you know i like watching the fights as long as you know there's some type of science behind it 
But, you know, to build up yourself in this game right now, especially for women, they got to keep bringing these type of uh, these these type of finishes, you know, especially um, if you're unranked, you know, you're unranked, you're just coming into the game. You really kind of have to build your name up because that's how Ronda did it, too. You know, Ronda Rousey kind of put herself on the map by being, you know, this dominant figure, you know, just arm bar after arm bar after arm bar. And then people are going to keep saying, well, who's this person out here finishing? Well, check them out. And then that makes the casual fan want to check them out, right? So all of these other women as a whole, you know, if they just continue to keep getting finishes like this or just fighting in a do dominant fashion, you know, then as a group, people will just say, hey, man, you got to start checking these women fights out. They'll be like, which one? Who are you talking about? I'm talking about all of them, <laughs> you know? You just kind of have to do it in that fashion, you know, if you really want to, you know, um, if you really want to have the cameras put on you and you want more fights, and you want to fight on the main card, you know, this type of approach has to be has to be taken. Like I said, not going out there to necessarily get killed and always put on like fight of the night where you're trading toe to toe. I'm just I'm saying simply having the tools to get the finish, setting the finish up, being smart about it, you know, and being dominant. Being dominant doesn't necessarily mean you fighting crazy or reckless in there. I mean, they're two different things. Because being dominant just means that, hey, you have the tools to neutralize. You have the tools to tame somebody. And um, that's what a lot of these girls, I think, need to start doing, you know, just start evolving and start putting more um, more uh, tools in their, their arsenal so they can find ways to get these finishes now. Um, oh, man, going to this this past weekend, too, on um, Rumble. You know, Rumble's like YouTube for y'all don't know. Um, some of y'all that don't know, I was watching that United Fight League. Uh, shout out to um, Brittany Cloudy. She was able to get a victory this weekend as well. But uh, this young lady here that she's going to, Brittany Cloudy's going to be fighting. Uh, hang on, let me, let me pull up some, let me pull up some stats here. Because uh, some of y'all that wonder where I'll be watching these fights, I'm going to go ahead and let y'all know. So Brittany Cloudy. Y'all know I've done an interview with her a couple of times. She's been on the channel. You know, we talked several times. And um, I still follow her and hit her up every now and then on Instagram. She, Brittany Clyde's been fighting for LFA and Vic FC. And right now she's fighting with the United Fight League. She's in the Bantamweight tournament for the United Fight League. And she just recently beat Veronica Smolkova to move on. And... Unanimous decision. You know, I thought Brittany Cloudy put on a good pressure pressure performance, you know, good, good striking, good right hands landing in this fight. At times, you know, I think she kind of smothered her own work a little bit when Veronica Smokova uh, would come back with a couple of punches. Uh, I thought that, you know, Brittany Cloudy could have just fought a good rangy fight. Every now and then she would clinch up. Maybe she was just testing her clinch game, see how strong she is and just get that type of cage control, which is smart. You know, you got you got to do that every now and then, kind of test your skills out like that and, you know, get better as a fighter. But overall, I think Brittany Cloudy, you know, she won all, all three rounds to me. Smokova got off a few good punches, but, yeah, I think Brittany Cloudy uh, pretty much won. and She's moving on in the uh, Bantamweight uh, tournament. But uh, let's see here. I'm going to pull up United Fight League because this young lady right here we were, we were talking about, uh, what me and BJ were talking about, well, Claire Guthrie was also in this card. She was like the co-main event. She was taking on Serena Tory. 
Oh man, Zarina Tori, man, this girl's a big. She's a big band weight too, man. She's long. You know, she's got these wide shoulders. She's like five foot nine. She's like a huge. You know, I always thought that Claire Guthrie was a good size uh, band and weight. But man, this girl looks huge, man. I'm talking like almost like Amanda Nunes size. So Zarina Tori, she's definitely going to be one to look out for. I mean, she scored a solid TKO, first round TKO for Claire Guthrie. I mean, Claire Guthrie, she came out blasting strikes. You know, she wanted to come take the fight, you know, low kicks and right hand. She was landing a few shots. She wanted to take the fight to Turi, but Turi, she quickly slowed that pace down with some good, good kicks to the uh, lead knee of uh, Claire Guthrie. I think she landed maybe like one or two, and you could kind of see a reaction from Guthrie already. You know, she was, um, she kind of had to take a step back, but then Turi started using that size and that pressure to clinch Guthrie up kind of press it to the cage just to use that height and size and then she was landing some hard vicious knees and combos to the body kind of backing uh guthrie up guthrie really had no choice but to retreat man because these shots were hard man turi i thought she was about to stop her man because she landed on uh, one hard shot that just made guthrie almost like sink to the cage and if she didn't, like catch herself i think she was about to get knocked out but because the ref he stepped in close but she recovered man but turi She's just real long and strong, man. She was just like real long and tall and just kept landing these these hard knees. No, I know what it was. Tori landed like uh, uh, like a grazing head kick to the chin. And then she landed like a left-right combination. And Guthrie got hurt, man. She like went back to the cage. And somehow she kind of like shook it off and got back into the fight, man. So Guthrie, you know, she tried to like retreat. But then... Tori caught her with another one of these blows, man. Like, she was just, like, blowing out that left knee, man. She was kicking it right behind the knee. You could see it was turning red. And Guthrie, I, I could see, like, the way she, her body reaction, she was kind of, like, stepping back. Her next best thing to do was to go in for a takedown. You know, you could see the pain in Guthrie's movement. Like, the lead leg was damaged, and she was trying to, like, slide back to the cage. So she dives in for a takedown. When she dives in on that knee, she just kind of, like, curls over in pain, man, and Referee, he, he steps in and stops it right there because Tori's about to let go on her, man. So, yeah, man, that that was a crazy, like, just tactical breakdown for um Tori, man. Just showing you that power, man. She was ripping that lead leg with just, like, three or four good knee hits to that knee. Maybe Guthrie had some damage outside of the, the cage before that, but, man, like, those shots were landing perfect right behind the knee. So when she tried to make that adjustment and make it a ground fight, it was too late, man, because she just didn't have the um, she just didn't have the strength in it, and it gave out on her, man. So they had to stop the fight. So yeah, that was another crazy finish this uh this past weekend, man. But now we have Zarina Turi versus Brittany Cloudy. That's gonna be a good fight. They're both big, strong bantamweights. Um, I think it's gonna be a good stand-up fight. You might see some inside fighting in this one, but Turi, she's really physically strong from what I've seen. So I think Brittany Cloudy, her best bet is gonna be those straight those straight combinations that she, that you know that she's um that she's always letting go you know so yeah shout out to Brittany that's gonna be a good fight Tori also you know one to look out for I think Cloudy has a more experience going into this fight it's gonna be like December 16th I believe so yeah Rumble it's like YouTube and United Fight League they they have a channel there where they just stream their fights live so if you want to check them out you know just download the rumble app you know it's free it's like youtube <laughs> you know so you can pull up their fights so yeah um yeah man all, all all of these fights are just ending and finishes now right and i'm i'm loving it man because 
a lot of them, like I said, they're not just act. They're not, they're just not like these girls going in for all action brawls or like all out wars. They're actually setting these things up in beautiful ways. Like Tori, you know, she's only two and zero, you know, but she's making some nice little adjustments in there and just slowly chipping away at Claire Guthrie and hitting her with these head kicks, hitting her with these right hands, you know, taking out her lead leg and just picking her apart until she finishes, you know. So a lot of that stuff to me, I find it impressive. You know, I find that stuff impressive, especially when you, you're, you're able to you're in, to end the fight. Um, but, yeah, man, this past weekend, too, hang on one second. Yeah, man, but this past weekend, too, we had all three WMMA fight finishes. All three finishes for the WMMA fights for the UFC. I mean, we already talked about them. I'm not going to go into them like that. I'm just filling y'all in. Y'all didn't y'all didn't know. We had Luana Santos making her UFC debut in, in, in dominant fashion. I mean, TKO, first, first round TKO over Juju Miller. Puts Juju Miller on a two-fight losing streak right now. You know, hasn't won a fight yet in the UFC. She's 0-2. Told y'all how I feel about that. I think that releasing Juju Miller right now would be a blessing. It would be a blessing in disguise, you know, because I think that right now with the experience that she has and with what she lacks, um, I think she'll be a sitting duck for a lot of these fighters because I, I really don't see any matchups for her that she can win right now and if, even if there was one or two the flyweight division is going to get tougher man the flyweight division is just going to be it's going to be a lot it's going to be a lot to handle man because these girls are well-rounded you know i think juju has the right idea like she she can strike you know she has a ground game she has a brown belt bjj you know but i think there's the pacing that she needs to work on the pacing cardio Maybe the lifestyle, maybe where the weight cut isn't so hard on her, or maybe she needs to move up to 135. Maybe that's something she needs to test out outside of the UFC, fight a couple of 135ers, fight in the bantamweight division of, of LFA or Invicta, or no, and defense. Defense is something she needs to work on. Defense is something this girl really needs to work on, man. She's really having a hard time taking her head off the line. And the only way you can do that, really, I think, is starting on that lower level that she's missed. You know, she she was only, what, three and one for coming into the UFC? Only four fights, you know, so she hasn't really fought like that DNC level, uh, the DNC level fighter that, you know, she can fight a few times, fight a couple of fights, and then say, okay, this is what I need to work on. You know, she jumped right in there with Veronica Hardy you know, who is a higher level than her, even though she's unranked, you know, and she lost that fight. Now she lost to Luana. You know, she was getting hit by easy shots to get, get out, get out of the way of, you know, she got stopped in the first round, you know? So yeah, uh, those are some big things to work on. And I think the UFC is just not the place for her to get that, get that work right now. You know, she's got a, Hey, Sabina Mazo has to do it. You know, Sabina Mazo has to do it, and she was an LFA champion, right? So I think maybe Juju has to get released and and uh, get that work in, man. Then you had uh, Jacqueline Amram. Jacqueline Amram, she got her TKO via ground and pound 
over Monsterrat Ruiz. Um, but the big one, man, Yasmin Lucindo, that triangle arm choke, second round triangle arm choke over Poliana Viana was very impressive to me. Um, what I saw in Lucindo in this fight, Yasmin Lucindo, I saw a well-rounded fighter. You know, I saw a well-rounded fighter on the come up. Um, you know, she went from counter striker in this fight, you know, a little bit of a pressure fighter, um, good, good puncher. You know, those good kicks to uh, to a good wrestler. You know, she had good strength. Even whenever Poliana Viana took her down, she utilized very good strength to neutralize Poliana Viana. Uh, Rock Poliana Viana with some nice shots. Uh, when she got her takedown, a good wrestling control, good jujitsu, and then good transition to the arm triangle. So, this girl's only 21 years old. And I mean, you're seeing like different things she's doing in there. And what's crazy is she came up short in the Yasmin Harigi fight, but you kind of match them up. Like I'm still rocking with Yasmin Harigi, but I'm seeing a little bit more. I'm seeing a little bit more from Lucindo that looks impressive in the last couple fights, you know, as far as like her tactical striking, it's, it's a little bit like a raw version of Amanda Nunes right now. You know, she's, She's always in like a stance where she she can throw a kick, go right back to her balance to stop a takedown or get a takedown. The way she keeps her left hand out to measure, you know, she throws it. She keeps it out so she can throw the jab or when she takes a step back, she can catch you with like a check left hook. You know, she's got the right hand loaded up to throw a power shot. You know, so tw at 21 years old, she's she's got a lot of good things worked out for. Her. You know, she's got a lot of good things. Um i'm seeing right now and at 21 i think with the way she's moving right now and the way she's beating girls um things can only get better from here you know she's a fighter that i say yeah like she's young but she's doing the right thing so you can always match her up and even if she loses the fight i think she could still come back from it because defense isn't really like an issue for her even if she does get hit she she can make adjustments. She can make adjustments to get the fight to where she needs it to be to win. Um, yeah, so all three finishes this past weekend, that's a good sign. That's a good sign for WMMA. Again, I say that because if the girls keep getting finishes like this, you know, the the casual fan, they'll tune in. They, they, they won't say, well, I need to get up and get a drink during the WMMA fight. Oh, the women are fighting. Oh, let me go order a pizza. Oh, let me go to the bathroom. You know, men are going to stop saying that. Casual fans are going to stop saying that once, you know, they start performing to this level. Even if you don't get the knockout, it has to be that killer instinct mode. It has to be that mode where you see uh, uh, an urgency. You see an urgency from, from both fighters that are really trying to get it. You know, it's killer be killed again. So, um, yeah, I was impressed with these three unranked fights, you know, getting all three finishes like this. You usually don't get that especially when you get a TKO, a standing on, on the ground, a standing TKO, you know, a, a submission, all three of those, right? So, yeah, shout out to the to the ladies this past Saturday for putting on those performances, man. But um, what else? What else? Uh, what, what else am I going to say about, like, finishes too? I, yeah, you know, I think, um, you know, as much as I love a decision, I love to see fighters that, you know, they, they have that ability to – to neutralize and you know tame a fighter in there you know just kind of like systematically break them down you know that 
that type of science is fun to watch. You know, whenever you can see a fighter um, just take away a weapon and just leave that fighter almost helpless, you know, in, in a certain situation, you, you really get to see like, oh, wow, like, wow, one minute they were doing this and then boom, they went to this and they got the win by finish, right? So keep them coming, ladies, you know, keep the finishes coming, whether it's PFL or LFA, <laughs> keep on doing that. And I think, like I said, it'll build up the reputation for not just one individual, but all all the women. But if worse comes to worse, it, it will be for that one individual, like say like a Lucindo. She keeps on coming in with finishes like this. You know, people are going to say, oh, yeah, like I love this girl. Hey, I want to see her on the main card. Hey, she was on the main card this past Saturday. So keep doing what she's doing and they'll keep putting her on these type of um, cards. Right. So, yeah, um, but, yeah, that was uh, my past couple of weekends, you know, just kind of taking in the scenery. And once again, the WMA scenery and, 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 and kind of seeing the the um, the shift here, you know, in in attitudes and urgency with with the women, you know, talking Myra Buena Silva, uh, Tatiana Suarez, of course, you know, Tatiana Suarez versus Jessica Andrade, you know, things like that. Um, who else? Miranda Maverick versus Priscilla Cachoeira, you know, just seeing all of these these ladies coming out with this type of urgency. Well, Tatiana, she always fights like that, though. You know, she always fights with that that dominant factor. She'll come after it. But the way she got it this time was impressive, too. You know, Tatiana Suarez did use her striking, you know, to set up. Um, you know, the submission win in this fight, you know, the takedown and, and, and finishing the fight in the second round. But yeah, you know, it was, it was fun to see that many fights end and finish because it's like I said, it's going to kill that reputation of people just saying, oh, women fights are boring or they always go to decision or they don't have knockout power, which some of these girls, they they do, man. You know, they, they just have to learn how to set it up and they're setting it up now. So, yeah, good jujitsu. You know, good, well-rounded fighters, you know, good, well-rounded skills and really understanding how important it is to just be well-rounded. I think that's going to change the game of WMA and, and keep it growing for the better. All right. But, yeah, real quick, last topic for this one, y'all. Last topic for this one. Did I talk about this? I might have, but. They, they just keep posting this up. They posted this up again. And they were saying, like, you know, Rose, um, well, she said it, you know, uh, Rose Namunas actually spoke these words. You know, she has a fight coming up at 125. And Rose feels like she needs that fight that's going to, like, scare her. You know, that, that that's her motivation for the move up to flyweight. You know, she's looking for something that's going to be kind of scary. She's looking for that type of situation. Because when you go back to the MMA hour, MMA hour, she said, okay, motivation for moving up the flyweight. Whaley's champion now. So what? I fight her a third time. I don't know. It's not it's not it, it's not very interesting. I've already fought Andrade and this and that. And now she's going, she's gone back down. Whaley's the champ, so then I could just beat her again. But I don't know. To me, it's more than that. I want something that scares me. I want to face my fears. It's always been part of the plan. And yeah, I could keep doing the same old thing. But as soon as this game gets redundant, I can get bored really quick. 
and that's not good for nobody. So I need to keep it fresh and, and interesting. So she knows right there, it's not good for nobody, right? Definitely ain't good for the fans. I mean, for her, if she gets bored, yeah, she can retire. But if she chooses to stay and put on boring fights, hey, that ain't good for us. She loses that fan base, right? But, yeah, I've always felt like that was one reason that Rose wanted to move up to 125 a little while back. I said, well, she already beat Wei Lee twice. Like, would it really would it really raise stock if she beats her a third time at this point? Like, is this going to be like Volkanovski, Holloway, you know, in their trilogy? Where she he comes out oh where Rose comes out oh and three. I mean, maybe Whaley could beat her this time around, but I don't think we really want to see it. I, I don't really think we want to see a third fight at this point. Um, I don't think Rose wants to go through that again because you know she's already got a legit 2 0 over her. So if she wanted to end it there, fine, right? Because if you go to a third fight and Whaley wins, almost got to go what best out of five at this point, right? Best. Best what? Um, three out of five, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's better that she's moving up. So, yeah, she can kind of get this out of her system, face her fears, and see if she can bring a new rose to the game. And my my thoughts on that, I really don't know. Like, I really don't know if that's the kick for her. Like, if that's going to bring out, like, another best in her. Because I think when you look at it in a technical way, yeah, it, it it worked for her in certain challenges like Andrade. Well, the first time it didn't. Uh, for Joanna, for Wei Lee, because technically Rose's style fits the strawweight division and, and physically she fits that division. So every time, you know, she would want to face her fears or like take on a huge challenge and winning the belt again, you know, after beating Andrade in the second fight, and saying, okay, you know, I want to fight for the title a second time now. You know, I want to see if I can beat Whaley, and she does. I think it, it it all came down to, you know, her style, her technique, and, you know, being the perfect size for that division. But having never fought at 125, I really don't know if she'll just be able to face her fear, and that really ignites this new flame in her where she's going to just be able to beat somebody like Manon. Um, I know a lot of people are always going to say that, oh, okay, Manon's not as technically sound, but that might be true in some areas, but I think Manon, to me, is technically well-rounded enough to fight somebody that's moving up and beat somebody that's moving up like Rose, you know? So um, maybe that's the factor that Rose is really working towards, knowing that that possibility could happen and it's forcing her to get better as a fighter you know and that's how it is sometimes you know you have to you have to um kind of put yourself in those dangerous situations to get better to get better knowing that the challenge is that dangerous knowing that Manon is this big uh this physically strong you know is is dominating girls for the most part at flyweight knowing that you took you took that fight as a first fight away from home right you're gonna be fighting in in paris and this is her first time right yeah this will be her first time fighting in paris you know putting all of this on you 
it could either do two things. It could make you crack, which I, you know, hope that that's not the case with Rose this time, or it can force you to do better, right? So I think that's what it is for Rose. You know, now it's not just the fact that she's fighting a big, scary fighter. Like she said, you know, looking for a scary challenge. It's also the challenge outside of the cage, you know, that's, um, I think that's kind of amping her up. You know, now she's forced to uh, grapple more. She's forced to uh, put on more muscle. Maybe, even, like I said, change the eating style, the lifestyle, doing new things like that. Uh, knowing that your life is on the line, September 2nd, even more so than before, you know, you have to do all these different things. So, yeah, I I've seen this with people before. It doesn't have to be the fight game. You know, some people like to gamble and some people need that, um, you know, they need that extra push by putting themselves in that shark tank to be the best swimmer now. You know, that you, you have to be surrounded by these sharks now to make yourself the best the, the, the best swimmer, right? So that, that's, that's kind of how she sees it. But when I look at Manon's side, I see a hungry fighter over here, you know, one that wants to go for the belt and one that, is in a different mindset and I've been watching her train, you know, and, and I see a fighter here that is not going to be a slouch. You know, she's not going to be the one to just fall down or, um, be that stepping stone for Rose at this point, you know? Um, I mean, for Rose, yeah, it would be a storybook thing for her. Cause then she would be either fighting the winner. She'd be fighting Grasso or fighting Valentina and, if she would have beaten them and known by the, by September, then we'd be saying, oh, wow, maybe she does match up to Valentina now. Now that we've seen Grasso already finish her, right? Now she looks like she could be in that, in, into, she could be in that realm as well, right? Because a little while back, we said, oh, no, Rose is too small. Valentina would break her. But now we've seen Grasso finish her. And then September 2nd, we'll see what Rose looks like physically too, right? So, yeah, we never know, though, man. But... I still think Manon's going to have enough to win this fight. Like I said, maybe she's not as sharp in that one aspect of boxing, but I think all around her all around tools combined with the size and the strength are going to be a big factor um, in this fight for her. But yeah, hopefully it makes Rose rise to the occasion and make it a good challenging fight. Cause you know, I want to see, I want for the most part, I do want to see Manon in there with a challenge because if she just runs through Rose, people aren't going to give her credit for that either, right? You know, I still want her to be a dominant, but, uh, you know, I want to hear people saying, oh, man, like, she fought no she just fought another nobody. Oh, Rose, Rose ain't nobody, you know? But there are a lot of people picking Rose, though. There are a lot of people picking Rose, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to remember that they are picking her. So y'all giving her that much credit. When Manon wins this fight, y'all better give her credit for the win, all right? But, yeah, man, that's all I got on this one, guys. Uh, been on here almost an hour. And that's how it usually goes when you talk about something you like. Um, I I really, like I said, over the past few weeks, I've been pleased with a lot of the fights we've been getting. I mean, we had, yeah, this other rising fight I, I did a video on. You know, my girl, Claire Lopez, she came up short against, uh, hold on, what is her name? This was rising versus combate. Cause that was another finish. That was another finish a couple weeks ago, man. And that one was vicious, man. Um, hang on, hang on one second here. It is, let's see. 
super rising to yeah this was yeah this was from july 30th man this was like a couple weekends ago this is during the spence crawford weekend this was uh saika azawa versus um clara lopez y'all look at the top corner picture here this was another ninja tote yeah this was the other ninja tote it was a first round ninja tote i did a video on it but um clara clara uh clara lopez you know she was trying to back up here, back up as Azawa was storming in. And when she had dropped like a level, she went right into that. Like, I thought it was going to be a guillotine. But then, like, Azawa just tightened up that that choke. And as Claire Lopez dropped her knee, she tapped. But even as she tapped and the ref stopped, she, her head, she just, like, fell backwards. Like, she passed out. Like, and, you know, it wasn't like Azawa had held on too long. Like she didn't acknowledge the tap, tap. She did acknowledge it. I think it was just the, the point that she she tapped at that last minute, and maybe it was just the position and where she just cut off all air, and it just caught her in that instant. She just passed out. But yeah, that was a vicious ninja choke, man. So yeah, we had some crazy chokes over the past few weekends. I know I was trying to remember some. I was like, there was another ninja choke. I was trying to remember. I know it was Myra Buena Silva, and it was Azawa. Yeah. So these girls are finishing right now, man. Like. These jujitsu holes, submission holes, like you might not get as many knockouts from women, like maybe the power is not there. But if these girls are staying sharp, you you can teach. And if they're staying sharp, sharp in their BJJ, these these submission holes, they can be taught to anybody, men and women. So you'll see more women coming in here with more uh, more submissions throughout the years. I mean, look at look at uh, Kareem Silva. You know, Kareem Silva alone, man, has all these submissions on her resume so they're coming man and um yeah like i said that's all i got on this one guys um this is fight week i'm gonna be back through with a few keys to victory and breakdowns for these three wmma fights coming up it's gonna be a wild week y'all um let me know what y'all think man of like the the wmma rising over the past uh past month or so what do y'all think of like the performances you know we're getting a lot of finishes is it boring to you or is it getting exciting to me i think it's getting more and more and more exciting though um yeah good to be back had to drop another one of these on y'all man like i said it's been about two or three weeks but that's all i got on this one make sure y'all subscribe to the channel subscribe to the show on cv99talks.com and um on itunes spotify i gotta get back on updating it the website get it back up update the shows there so y'all can listen to it on the go even if it you know you don't pull up youtube put it up on itunes and anywhere you listen to a podcast y'all because i enjoy doing it and if you keep listening i keep on doing it but yeah i'll catch y'all later on this week guys like always combo breaker 99 ufc 292 boy we're gonna be talking again i'll be back make sure y'all subscribe peace